Ever have a dog that would lunge and bark in an aggressive manner when coming across other dogs? How about a senior pet that doesn't seem to settle at night? Or a dog that, when you leave the home, will destroy everything? Those are behavior responses that are very common in the vet world. And and we talk about things about anxiety, fear, phobias in your pets. And it's something that we as veterinarians are strongly recognizing, and you as pet parents should recognize it as well. It's It's not just them being them. There's something else going on. So I thought I'd talk about something like that. I think what we need to do is is understand what they are and I'll talk mostly about anxiety um, because it's linked with fear and it's linked with phobias. So what is anxiety? It's a generalized feeling of uneasiness or nervousness. Phobias are sudden profound responses, fear responsive. And fear is an adversive emotional state. So these can be associated with exposure to people, other pets, sounds, objects, or environments. Most commonly things like fireworks, thunderstorms. Those are common things that we talk about. And what you need to know as a pet parent is that the phobias can either occur from one exposure or it can build up gradually. Now, anxiety is the chemical makeup of the brain and function may be altered, whether it's through age-related changes, whether it's through illness, changes in hearing and sight, arthritis, diseases that affect hormones like hyper or hypothyroidism or Cushing's disease, or even just disease in general of the kidney and liver, for example. So how how do these manifest themselves? Well, you might see excessive barking, chewing destructively. In cats, there might be litter box avoidance or over-grooming. And so what happens is you're you're dealing with the whole concept of reality as perception. So it's, it's really what's going on with your pet's thought processes. It's not necessarily things that we can actually understand or see. It's how they perceive the world. And so what happens is you get this fight or flight response going up in your pet. And it can lead to these types of changes, whether it's just the stressful movement, barking. And in some cases, you can get what we call fear resulting in an aggressive results in pets, which I talked about earlier about lunging everything. At other pets. So, what do we know and what can we do about this? Well, early on, doing things like puppy socialization classes and exposure to many new environments, situations can really help prevent the development of fears and phobias. So, you'll hear me talk to my clients that puppy socialization is incredibly important and that is actually precedes um, puppy training. It can happen concurrently, but you should definitely get aware of that. And 
What you need to be aware of is that even though you do this, there still could be what we call a singular event or singular learning event where something traumatic does happen. I, I use an example of of a pet getting a bad nail trim somewhere and forever being fearful about nail trim. So those types of things can happen. So you want to prevent situations like that as much as possible. And what kind of role can you play in this? Well, the biggest thing you can do is in novel situations, people, events, other pets is remain calm and happy and have a relaxed sort of physical appearance. It's how you respond to these types of situations will then reflect on how your pet is going to respond. So if you show signs of stress or you become frustrated or heaven forbid you use some form of punishment, that will ingrain in your pet and help develop these fears and phobias. So instead, I want you to bring treats or toys when introducing your pet to a new environment, people or pets, and see how things work and always act in a calm and happy, relaxed manner. Over coddling your pet is not good in like thunderstorms or everything like that. Just react calmly and quietly. And if your pet still does not remain calm in certain situations, then getting them out of that sort of situation is the best. So treatment-wise is getting a good trainer for your dog. Positive reinforcement training. So when you see things of choker chains, electric collars, everything like that, it's called negative reinforcement. And that just instills, that's called punishment in reality. So positive reinforcement is praising really good behavior through treats or praise, a lot of happy situations. It is possible in things like thunderstorm phobias to slowly desensitize your pet. And they do talk about exposure to those sounds, recorded sounds of thunderstorms and gradually make them louder. If the phobia, anxiety, or fear is an illness base, is treating the underlying illness, like I said before, treating Cushing's, treating hypothyroidism, any sort of thing like that. Anxiety is common in pets with arthritis. So even things like pain management for arthritis can uh, help. And a lot of these disease processes lead to changes in the hormones, and so hormone supplement, uh, supplementation, like example for the thyroid conditions, can really help. And in the end, a lot of times, and I, I want you as pet parents to be open to this concept, is the use of anti-anxiety medications. These can range from supplements all the way up to sedatives and then go higher up to actual anti-anxiety meds like Prozac and Clomacom. Those are common drugs used in the veterinary world. And there is one area that's come to the forefront and my dog is actually on those types of uh, products. So there's a supplement uh, that Purina has out. Um, It's called Calming Care and it's a probiotic. And the whole concept is because you have these changes in the system that leads to a flight or fright response that will change the blood flow to the heart and lungs of your pet to conserve what they consider vital organs. So the blood is pumped to the brain. But as a result of that, it can actually starve the what they consider non-essential items, which are the gut. And your gut has trillions and trillions of these tiny organisms. There's some bacteria, there's some fungi, there's even some viruses there that help with digestion, they help regulate metabolism, 
and they help moderate the immune system. It's called the microbiome. And by starving the gut for prolonged periods of time, this microbiome can then be affected. And there was a study in, in, in mice where they divided them into two separate groups. They defined the group that was non-anxious as those that were willing to try new foods, showed ease in new environments, as the ones who were anxious were defined as those who were did not want to try new foods and showed um, unease in new environments. And so what they did was they studied the microbiomes of these, and they found that the anxious m- mice had two big changes. They were deficient in a bacteria that is known as an anti-inflammatory bacteria, and it's a possible cancer-fighting bacteria. And they had higher than normal levels of a bacteria that could, in itself, be considered a pathogen, so to speak. So this whole concept of how your gut affects um, your behavior was born. And so all these sort of gut-related products are out there. So like I said, my dog's on a probiotic. There also is a food that's helped to design that um, by Purina. And they have these uh, microbiome products out there. Um, The most company that comes to the forefront of my mind is called Animal Biome. So check them out. They actually have a testing kit that you can test your cat or dog. And then um, they also have these supplements that you can take. So definitely check those things out. So gut health, how you treat your behavior, training, the potential for drug therapy is all there and can help your pet with anxiety issues. Um, And one thing I have to say is if you do go down the road of anti-anxiety medication, I can't tell how many times I get get told by clients, oh, I don't want something that's that's long-term. And a lot of these pets are really, really anxious and they don't, well, their anxiety goes down or they can maybe even be resolved with a combination of these or drugs. It's not like you can stop the drug and then everything will be okay after that. A lot of these pets need to be on anti-anxiety medications long-term. And I personally find a correlation between people who are anxious and pets that are anxious. And the correlation I find is they're incredibly intelligent, both the people and the pets, not just the pets. (laughs) And I find that with that intelligence, they overthink things. And so if you're an anxious individual, please be open to the concept that your pet can be an anxious individual. And if you're an anxious individual on anti-anxiety meds, it is not impossible. And yes, it does exist that your pets can be on anti-anxiety meds as well. So there's lots of options to do. And one last thing I remember is I, I, just, I was reading my own notes here is that thunderstorms, there's a thunder shirt. It gives you the hugging effect on pets and that really helps. So my dog's on everything. My dog's on anti-anxiety medication, supplements, food, and the thunder shirt comes out. And even at that, um, you know, her, her sighting cause, what, she came from Puerto Rico and she was on the streets during the hurricane. And I'm pretty confident that she was attacked by a bird because she came with three toes in the front. And when birds fly over, she responds. And she has this natural anxiety and these phobias and fears. And it comes across as she'll be lunging and barking at things. And that's, that's your fear aggression. And I can tell you, even though she still does this, is that the medications and the supplements have helped her incredibly. As I tell my clients, she's in, she made her a new dog. So definitely think about things like that. And with that, we will end our show. So lots of things on the show today. Lots of different things on the show today. 
But the most underlying common theme, everyone, is to love your pet like they love you. Have a great day.